0: Everybody's got the same stuff and we all have these same weaknesses and vulnerabilities in this kind of thing and life in its amazingness will bring us face to face with it life. It magically offers us the solution if we can hang in there and if we can stay vulnerable and if we can like just ride that out. It's easy
1: to talk about the successes, but what doesn't get talked about enough is the struggle. My name is Eric Weinmayer. I've gotten the chance to ascend Mount Everest, to climb the tallest mountain in every continent, to kayak the Grand Canyon, and I happen to be blind. It's been a struggle to live what I call a no barriers life, to define it, to push the parameters of what it means. And part of the equation is diving into the learning process and trying to illuminate the universal elements that exist along the way. In that unexplored terrain between those dark places we find ourselves in and the summit exists a map. That map, that way forward, is what we
2: call No Barriers. In his quest for contentment, Christian Libby dedicated his life to yoga. After studying with the world's greatest masters and teaching full-time for over 25 years, he finally attained the lofty goal of stilling the mind. But it didn't work. When life got hard as it does for everyone and he couldn't escape to practice the yoga he loved, he fell apart. Everything changed when he found the ancient knowledge from the Vedas that explained his exact situation. Contentment doesn't come from making the mind still and feeling good for short moments. It comes from using the mind to transform its negative habits and empower our positive life vision. Christian created a mindset practice that he did every day, and he saw his whole life transform. Christian currently guides others in creating their own mindset practices in his emergent course, Calm to the Core. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to another installment of our weekly No Barriers podcast series where we explore this extraordinary moment in our lives, what we're struggling with right now, and how do we continue to believe that what's within us is stronger than what's in our way. Special thanks to Prudential and Wells Fargo for their generous support of this podcast series. Yeah. Well, Eric, I'm excited to have Christian Lee on with us today. Um, before we bring him on, I'm, I'm curious. I know one of the things... That we'll talk about today is yoga and mindfulness. Are you a yoga guy, Eric?
1: Yeah, totally. That's how I met Christian Levy. I take yoga from him. He does something called Iyengar yoga, which is a really—he'll describe it, but it, that's how we got to know each other. And then we'd sit around after class just discussing, sort of sometimes problems and issues, and you know, uh, this idea of mindfulness because I was really curious about it, and um, I found. Christian to be incredibly articulate you know like sometimes people talk about mindfulness and it sounds so froofy and I'm like what the heck are they even talking about and the way Christian approaches it is so down to earth and so clear that I said you know we've got to get this guy on to the podcast because uh, the way he talks about this idea is something achievable for all of us
2: well Christian it's an honor to have you on
0: welcome Thank you so much for the invitation guys. I'm super stoked to be here. Yeah, really admire what you guys are up to and everyone you're serving and really excited to be part of it. Thanks so so much. Eric, I really like what you said that the stuff that we chat about in my perspective is very usable because you know that that everything that I'm really here to talk about, my story begins with yoga. What I had learned a lot in yoga was that the goal was to still the mind. And 25 years after practicing yoga, I, I, you know, had the skills to still my mind, and it did not give me all of the things that I was wanting it to give me. It didn't give me equanimity. It did not give me emotional stability, and um, in fact, it gave me a whole lot of anxiety. And I had two years where I was, you know, I was the imposter syndrome. I was the yoga teacher showing up to teach classes being filled with anxiety, knowing I didn't know what the hell I was actually talking about. I could do this stuff. People were impressed seeing what I could, these various postures and stuff. But I was struggling inside. And my kind of moment came one day when I was waiting to teach a class and started feeling the wave of anxiety come and literally wrote a note saying I was sick, put it on my studio door and ran away hoping that none of my students would you know, be seeing me bailing on class and i mean for me that's when everything completely fell apart and you know practical results i didn't get them
1: Well, i want to get into what you learned but tell us build a little background so a lot of people don't even know what anger is and then how you got into it and maybe why you thought for 25 years that that was the solution like what's the stuff that's taught out there that you bought into for a long time
0: You know, and of course, I should preface all of that by saying that we interpret everything that we're exposed to the way we interpret it. So, I mean, I'm not just putting responsibility on what was taught to me. It was clearly, you know, also how I interpret it. But... You know, for me, I was always the 90-pound weakling. Uh, in high school, I always wanted to find some physical endeavor. I never could find anything I was interested in. I was, you know, skinny guy, weak guy. I could, you know, I had not competitive, not sport, team competitive. And I think that when I was in uh, college, I heard about yoga. And I'm not even really sure why I got into it. I think it was just because I'd always wanted some kind of physical endeavor, but because also I've always been very introspective. I've always, always, you know, at the end of the day, wanted to know what what is the meaning behind this life. I just went to some weekend workshop and I went to a teacher who taught this style of yoga called Iyengar. And it's named after this guy, BKS Iyengar. I think he was, you know, one of the world's greatest yoga masters. And what was really unique about Iyengar is he became a medical genius in the yoga field. And he really figured out how we're all crooked. All of us have crooked bodies. And when I say crooked, I mean, in the field of gravity, like, you know, a wall in a building has got to be level. It's got to be straight in the field of gravity. Otherwise gravity pushes it down. The building collapses. Well, we all have crooked bodies and very few yogis are actually using yoga to rebalance their imbalance, their crooked postural stuff. And this is the whole focus of Iyengar yoga. As Iyengar yogis, we're not not chasing the fancy poses so much. We're interested in using yoga to realign and rebalance our structural bodies so that they function better, longer, period. The definition of yoga is skill in action. Skill in action if you really break that down, what that means is concentrating. That's, you know, and and we'll we'll get to this, but you know, 98% of the time, at least, we are zombies, we are habit machines, we are completely everything we say and do, you know, science has proven this out is just complete habit. And, and basically yoga is doing things intentionally. So this yoga is about getting out of the structural, habitual patterns in the body. And to do that, you have to concentrate. You're
1: kind of describing a very simple way, right? Because it's kind of super lofty in terms of like- Yoga being the panacea to like fixing all your problems of your mind, right?
0: Or even just yoga being lofty. There's nothing lofty about it. For people who like get in a flow when they crochet, crochet is their yoga. And essentially, whatever gets you in flow is yoga. And then there's other things that you may need to effort. You know, maybe some things don't come so easily for you. But when you effort and you own your mind and you absolutely, you have to, const- you're, you're, that's yoga right there. So, yeah, yoga is what we do with our mind. It's not, you know, a whole lot of things that our culture tends to think of it as. And So...
2: I love this description of what yoga is, and it feels like something very powerful that we could all use, but you started by saying it failed you. So, tell us about yeah. that. What, wh- how did this thing that sounds extraordinary fail you? So, over the
0: years, it's like, yeah, this is definitely working. And then
2: there was a series of
0: life events. I had some emotional instabilities just kind of bubbling up for me which is what happens for all of us. And of course, life in its amazing brilliance orchestrated situations with my wife and all of these different things and challenges that pushed all of my super, super deep insecurity buttons. Uh, My wife got sick. She was in the ER seven times out of 10 days. I had a two-year-old. I had to stop working. It was like the EpiPen was by the bed the two-year-old, the bills, the dishes, my wife was tough to deal with during that time. It was super scary. It was really intense, and I did not do well. I was very, very disappointed with the emotional roller coaster that I was riding inside of myself, and I was looking back going like, "So, where are these benefits 25 years later?" It got worse and it got worse, and I really did get to the point where You know, I felt like yoga failed me. I felt like I blew it. I totally felt like I blew it, putting all my energy into what I'd done. I felt like I was terrified. Things were like I was free falling in space. And here's the thing. This is the hero's journey that every human being has the opportunity to go through. This is one of the most magical things of life. You know, people call it the dark night of the soul or whatever you call it, whatever your story is. We are all connected in this. And this is where I had to go to rock bottom. And, you know, we all know what that's like. And every single person has these triggers that bring out this horribly alone, empty, insecure, vulnerable, you know, um, uh, feeling. Okay, so right
1: now, big time, you know, right?
0: in a, in a big way. And, and, you know, I've worked with people one-on-one in yoga and rolfing and these kinds of things for decades now. And I can't believe as a, as a culture and human beings, we don't talk about this more because it's what we think about when we lay in bed at night by ourselves, you know, what the hell's going on inside me, man. And like everyone feels so alone with it. Nobody realizes everybody's everybody's got the same stuff. And we all have these same weaknesses and vulnerabilities in this kind of thing. And life in its amazingness will bring us face to face with it. And now from this perspective, I can see what an incredible opportunity that is. And, and during that time, it's, it's almost always like this is their hero's journey. Life, it magically offers us the solution if we can hang in there and if we can stay vulnerable, and if we can like just ride that out. And that's what happened to me. I had a friend give me a book, and in this book was knowledge from the, the Vedas. And the Vedas are some of the oldest scriptures. So the first point is, your mind is your primary instrument. The way the mind is structured, it creates this amazing movie, and, and it just makes us think and feel like the way we experience ourselves is because of what that person said. The way we experience ourselves is because now coronavirus is coming and all of these horrible things and da, 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 The way I experience myself is because of the thoughts that my mind serves me. Somebody said something
1: that made me really pissed off and what they said made me pissed off. But really what I'm hearing is that all of that is your own narrative, right? Your own It's movie. your own
0: narrative. Gorgeous. That's a great word. You know, imagine for a moment, this, this, when I heard this teaching, this is this story that this amazing, amazing teacher over in India gave, and it was just remarkable to listen to. He said, imagine you came into a ton of money, so much money, and you'd always had a dream of going and buying a beautiful, huge piece of land. So you search, you search, you even traveled to some different countries, you went all over and you actually found your gorgeous, beautiful plot of land. And you started making all these plans and you were so excited. You know you were going to build a house. You were going to build a couple other houses. You're going to build a community center. You knew who you were going to invite. You're going to do some family things. You're going to do some community things. And you went back to your land, and you're really surprised to find a squatter on your land. And you walked up to this squatter, this person who doesn't belong there. Clearly, they're you know just living on your land. And you and you said, you know, just I bought this land. I just need to let you know that you know this is my land now, and you need to find somewhere else. They didn't look at you. They acted like they didn't hear you. They completely ignored you. And, you know, the next time you go back to the land, there's more squatters. And every single time you go back, you're in this frenzy now because you've got this gorgeous piece of land and all of these squatters are just taking up your beautiful land. This analogy is what this teacher was talking about. What, the, the thing is, the thoughts we don't choose, they're involuntary thoughts. They are involuntary thoughts and our lives are driven by involuntary thoughts. These involuntary thoughts, they start to take over our minds. They start to literally become our minds. This creates emotional disturbances. And you start to think that that is your mind, right? Exactly. You're yeah. in that movie. You're in the movie. You're living this movie. And if you don't manage them, the emotional disturbances get worse. We all know that. And then if you don't manage them, the body will get breakdown. down.
2: So, Christian, it sounds like the, you know, from your your work and your, your book about this and the work you're currently doing to teach this, one thing that it's curious to me is you're talking about our internal radio that is constantly going that we are not in control of. And in today's time, especially of COVID, we've got our external radios, whether they're the little radio, the newspaper, the news, that's also going and feeding us with things that then fill our mind. And so you've got both your internal radio, you got the external radio, and everything is just cluttering and confusing, I think, to people at that time.
0: Man, I love the external radio. That is amazing. Because that really, it really is like we're, we're like caught between these two radios. We never get to choose the circumstances and the situations. Life is the giver and the decider, and we are the receivers and we are the doers, the action takers. All we get to do is receive. And if you think about it, we are receiving so much. We're recei- I'm receiving this moment. I'm like, life is giving me this situation right now. And I get to choose what I do right now in this situation. But I don't get to choose how it ends up. When you're in the movie of the mind. When you believe it, you absolutely are compelled to think that you can only feel better if you change something outside of you in the world. The only thing you can control is the solution to this whole issue, and it's called voluntary thoughts. The only thing you can actually reliably control if you want is a thought that you think
1: Exactly. Wait, you can say that again.
0: <laughs> you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The, the only thing that you can actually control reliably, and you can't control it all the time and you'd never want to, the only thing you actually can reliably control is a thought. You can think any thought you want to think. And guess what? That is how you manage involuntary thoughts. Here's Now, so this, this teacher, you know, he had this amazing talk. He gets me on the edge of my chair. And then if you do not manage the involuntary thoughts, you know, they build the emotional disturbances, the body's breaking down. This is how people actually experience misery. True misery is you're like, oh, my God. And then he's like, and you want to know how to make sure that doesn't happen to you? Here's what you do. First of all, sit comfortably. Sit comfortably. And observe your breath. And once you've sat comfortably and observed your breath, you own your mind. That's all. That's all you have to do because you've given your mind a project and you make sure your mind did it. That's yoga. You took your mind back from the squatters. It doesn't have to be hard. You just have to own your own mind. And then you start to vanquish the squatters. And and really more, you, you start to objectify them. You start to see that these certain songs that your mind is playing, like you can think any thought that you want. And see, the Vedas go deeper and they show the way those thoughts got in your head is you thought them repeated repetitively over time. It's like water going down a mountain. The first time it rains on the mountain, you know, a little groove is formed. The next time, the rain, it just goes right to that groove and it makes the groove deeper. Every single time you think a thought, it creates a groove in the brain. Now, science has totally shown this. I mean, the, the research these days, it's amazing. They've literally, they are able to now see in the brain, where the habit parts in the, in the brain, they are able to see neurons. When you use your frontal lobe, that's when you use your frontal lobe, you're thinking thoughts of your own volition. The frontal lobe is like the free will, right? When you think, when you do this positive mindset stuff, which is the solution to this stuff, they've been able to see neurons move from a habit part of the brain to a different part of the brain and create new patterns. You know, so science has shown this. And, and, and now what the Vedas say is, if you have thoughts that your mind is serving you, First of all, understand, they're simply conditioning, they're simply habits. And, you know, the bigger emotional ones, the bigger emotional triggers, I mean, they're, they're really hard to objectify. We're so inside that movie, we totally believe it's all real. The smaller pesky ones, those are the ones I really, really like to use in as, an, as an example. And let me give you this example I use a lot in my course. For years, my wife has been putting the keys, the car keys, on the kitchen counter. And for years, for some reason, I made up this story like that's really bad. And, you know, I said that the keys are dirty. They shouldn't go on the counter. I mean, who knows? I mean, whatever. This is such one of those stupid, pesky things that I don't even need. You know, it's just dumb stuff. I don't even know where it came from. I just like having things where they are, right? I'm sure that's a lot more what it was. So anyways, three years later, I'm in a great mood. I come home, I open my front door, I walk in the house, I'm feeling good. The keys are on the kitchen counter. What happens? What happens is I get pissed off and I get pissed off because there's been like three years of this. And then what happens? I either look at my wife in a bad way or I say something to her and the tone of voice is there. And then what happens? I screw up my whole afternoon, maybe even the evening, maybe even the next day. But let's break it down really quick. I walk in the door. I'm feeling good. I see the keys on the kitchen counter. And what happens? My mind serves a thought to me.
1: Wow, damn that's it. interesting.
0: Damn it. She always, that's a squatter. I didn't choose it. I didn't invite it. And I'm in the movie and I'm totally believing it. And or the look, deeper
1: thought is like, she doesn't
0: love me or care about me maybe perfect, enough to, perfect. to yeah. put those damn keys where I, I asked her. I love it. See, there's like, there's an umbrella. Of, of craziness thoughts of this movie that are all in this one experience. You know, we could go on and on about all these different thoughts and it's hugely valuable to do this because you're taking an inventory of what is in the garden of your mind. It's so valuable to do this. And, and, and look, life is giving me an opportunity. Now that I have the knowledge that my mind is a radio, it's its own mechanism. Like the heart pumps blood, minds think thoughts. Now that I have this knowledge, and now that I've been practicing the knowledge, I can catch myself and I can go, wait a minute. Yeah, I feel pissed off. I feel frustrated. I feel aggravated, but let me see where that feeling's coming from. What thought did my mind just serve me? Then I look at the thought and I'm like, damn it, she always, but look, here's where the pain comes from. Now I'm an uptight guy. If I'm hanging out with you, bro, and you're like, hey man, do you think you're an uptight guy? I'd be like, no, not at all. Squatters, habit thoughts, they make us have feelings and then take actions that do not represent who we feel we really are. And that's where the pain is. My mind so is- So hard to do that though,
1: because like I, you know, like I've been listening to you and working on this and I'm 51 years old and I got mad at somebody, they'll remain nameless the other day so angry that like i was down a well and i could, yeah. i could not I, I could not separate myself from the anger and all right. oh, negative thoughts that were just and I, I was like how the hell do i get myself out of this well uh and Perfect. i think that's struggle with that right like no, that,
0: that's exactly where you got to go with this because so just hold that thought just for a sec now yes. I come, so what if I were able to come home and see all the frustration and then say, okay, you know, look, I'm not afraid to show up frustrated if, if I believe that's how I want to show up. I just don't want to show up frustrated all the time. Cause like, you know, cause I'm like being pushed around by squatters. So I look at it and I'm like, no, you know what? This is totally not, this is, I'm not, I, I'm literally getting pushed into being an uptight guy. I don't, this is not worth it. I'm an idiot. Okay, I'm an idiot. I totally call myself on it. And thank God I just called myself on it before I just freaking dissed my wife again after three years of this and then screwed up my whole evening and maybe the next day. But look, what... Here, now, here's the, here, this is the solution. The Vedas tell us, when you have negative thoughts, habit thoughts, that your mind is serving, here's what you do. You craft the opposite thought. And then you intentionally think it, repetitively, and over time you will create a new groove so that the intensity of the squatter BS not even real thought diminishes, The, the realness of what you're thinking increases, and instead of calling these affirmations, I call these determinations. What's an opposite thought? What would I love for my mind? to automatically say without me choosing it when i walk in the house okay it would be so cool if in this same situation my mind was my mind automatically thought you know i'm patient and understanding when my wife forgets the little stuff because it is little stuff i don't have to care about the keys if it's something else i'll show up mad absolutely if, if I feel like that's the appropriate way that I really want to show up, if that represents how I feel about myself, right? So then I write down this determination. I'm patient and understanding when my wife forgets the little stuff, and I put it in my mindset practice. Now I can confront my squatters. I can transform my squatters. I can, I can feel better about myself because I'm owning my primary instrument. Your mind is your tool to freaking charge and live your best life. That's what this is about. And this stuff has just completely changed my mind. I, for the first time, I really, really feel emotionally stable. I've always been a very emotional person and especially with the COVID and this craziness. I lost my job, my yoga studios closed and it's scary. And it's not like you don't get the bad emotions. It's just that you are able to get yourself out of the movie of them faster. And as soon as you're out of the movie, everything gets you know better <laughs> so i love this idea of determinations
1: right like affirmations or vows right yeah. but those are your thoughts like you're trying to choose the thoughts now but you're not saying like i am going to be an ama- like a mom i'm going to be the best mom and then when you're maybe not the best mom bam now you're hit with more regret and anxiety because you know, you've hung your hat on something external rather than just showing up and trying to be the best version of yourself and be present,
0: right? As long as you're showing up, doing your best, this whole perfectionist thing, it's a squatter. Yeah. You've got to call these things out. Like if you even remember the fact that you're working on being a better mom, you're ahead of the game. Now, really think about this logically. If I spend 10 seconds thinking this thought. I'm an awesome role model for my daughters. I am an awesome role model for my daughters. It's one of my determinations. If I think that with a lot of intention, just like that two times for 10 seconds every single day, what are the chances that I'm going to catch myself when I'm being short, when I'm being uptight, when I'm saying, ah, I'm working, I'm working. Don't bother me right now. It's super obvious stuff. And 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 someone who is embracing this work, they have a positive mindset, and so and that's another big part of like how, it's great if you have a community to do this stuff with because you, you know there's so many squatters that beat us down for doing the best we can, and so it's just a really big part of it is to really be diligent to the squatters and to keep that positive mindset and to say like no damn it I am showing up right now and I'm not going to let that squatter who says I didn't do a good enough job. I actually did a better job. I am doing a better job. So it's just a squatter. Like, that's the whole thing. It's another opportunity. It's it's like ninja, weave and dodge, weave and dodge. We're constantly having these thoughts. And the ones that are creating pain, we need to just look at them and analyze them and say, like, given the fact that I'm a human being and life is so insane and nothing is ever perfect, how am I actually doing here, you know? Yeah,
2: that's great. You know, you, you mentioned... You started off this conversation really sharing that yoga failed you. Mm-hmm. you know, it, it failed you, that, that stilling the mind didn't work in this time of uh, great uh, strife that you were facing. And you have an amazing program that you lead people through called Calm to the Core. You've got a book called The Five-Step Process to Mastering Mind Control, Your Key to Contentment. Here we are in the midst of covid where i think a lot of us would like to have better control over all the shit that our minds are thinking uh, yeah. throughout the day. Can you can you give us kind of the the cliff note version of what are what are the things we should be doing to start mastering that that control of our mind that's kind of going crazy right now?
0: Yeah, you know the first step is to contemplate these simple points Frequently, and you can get a free PDF of mine called Your Key to Contentment. It's on my website, which is christianlebe.com. And in that PDF, I go over these basic points. And it, you know, you can also get into my Facebook group because there's a whole community like get around people who are thinking this way because we need to remember this. And if you are a contemplative type of person, take some time and simply observe your mind, not in this typical sort of Zen, just watching mindful, but look at it like it's your instrument. Look and see, is it really thinking thoughts all the time, even though you know it is? Look and see, is it? are you choosing the thoughts, even though you already know you're not? Spend just some moments in your own direct experience seeing that because that is the foundation of helping you remember in a weak moment, oh, wait a minute, that guy was saying it, maybe it's just a habit. Even though I feel so bad right now, I, I for the last few nights, I have been. It is true. Like I didn't choose that thought. What if there is a possibility that what I'm feeling right now is just from some conditioned thought that is nothing more than a habit? It's like a phantom, right? That, you know, I would say that kind of contemplation and then also these gratitude practices, very simple gratitude practice. Find something you're easily grateful for. Take one, two, three minutes, close your eyes, think, I am grateful for, so you get the emotion. And understand that, yes, it's a pleasant thing to do, but the reason you're doing it is because it's proving to you that you can choose thoughts that give you the experience of yourself in your life that
2: you value. Christian, in light of how you started the conversation with yoga failing you, where does yoga fit into your life now?
0: Great question. Ah, I mean, this wouldn't be complete without that question, and I wouldn't have brought it up. So that's just so great. Yoga qualified me. Yoga is exactly what I needed to be able to actually hear and understand this knowledge. Yoga didn't fail me. It qualified me. I needed all of those years to get, especially like, look at it, like the style of yoga I do, it's super specific with alignment. If your kneecap is not exactly straight, I'm going to see it and I'm going to make you make your kneecap exactly straight. And then the hip above it has to be exact. All of this stuff, that is, it, it cultivated discrimination you have to be able to discriminate between you and the thoughts that you are watching popping out of your head you have to also be able to concentrate if you can't keep your mind observing something for a little while or your higher reasoning right there's different levels going on here if you can't observe your mind for a little while your habit machine then you're not this it's it's not going to work so the yoga totally
2: qualified me for that and remind our listeners, Christian, where we go if we'd like to learn more and maybe enroll in your course. Yeah, uh, com,
0: And on that homepage, you can get a free PDF, your key to contentment. And yeah, love to have you guys come over. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of people
2: will. This has been an amazing conversation. Uh, as always, listeners, you can go to our show notes at NoBearriesPodcast.com and grab any things that were referred to here uh, if you need to track them down. Thank you so much for joining us, Christian. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you guys. Well, Eric, you must emanate on a higher plane because you've been hanging out with Christian for quite a while. So, uh, you know, <laughs> tell us what uh, what what struck you from today's conversation.
1: I had a friend, by the way, just as a side note, he's like, I'm vibrating on a higher frequency these days. And I was just like, oh God, no, stop that,
0: <laughs> stop
1: that kind of talk. <laughs> so no, I'm non-vibrating on a higher frequency these days. But um, I, I, what I love about this conversation is that you know people talk about mindset, about mindfulness, and I never really quite got it. You know what I mean? They talk in circles. And so what Christian is talking about is a sort of logical way to not steal your mind, but to kind of master your mind and be more in control of your thoughts and therefore your approach and ultimately maximizing, like Paul Stoltz was talking about, maximizing your your chance of the best outcomes and uh, being your best self. So for for me, I love hearing this sort of, step-by-step logical very simple idea of how to begin the process of mastering your mind and i struggle with that and i think we all do every day sometimes my thoughts own me and and this is a great refresher and reminder to try to own them
2: yeah exactly yeah i was laughing to myself as he was going through his story about the keys on the counter because uh, I'm sure this happens to many of our listeners every day. And it happened to me today, too, when I was uh, cleaning the house this morning and thinking, why the hell did, you know, my kids and my wife leave this thing here? Don't they like I, I went into this whole thing in my head about it. They didn't respect me and they they know how much I care about this thing. And yet they didn't. They did this anyway. And it's all just uh, it's a false story that I'm creating and getting me worked up that takes me an hour to get out of, you know, and it, that whole idea. Idea of the internal radio that is playing or the movie that isn't really uh, reality. It's this thing that we get sucked up into and that we have so much ability to get out of that narrative and control it if we pause and and learn some of the things that Christian is talking about. So uh, I thought it was very practical advice for things that I experience on a daily basis. So I love the conversation and and I look forward to learning more about I was thinking each of these topic areas you could spend a lot more time on in your own life. Um, and I'm sure that's what happens in, in for our listeners who choose to go take the Calm to the core class to really start getting into the depth of this. So another great conversation. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. As always, you can go to com to learn more. And if you haven't checked out, Uh, what's going on at No Barriers. We encourage you to also look at all the things that we're doing to address the spirit of the times by uh, checking out nobarriersusa.org. We have lots of online programs. We hope we find you in one of our programs soon. All right. Thank you, everybody. All right. Cool. No barriers. production team behind this podcast includes senior producer Pauline Schaefer, executive producer Diedrich Jonk, sound design, editing, and mixing by Tyler Kotman, graphics by Sam Davis, and marketing support by Megan Lee and Carly Sandsmark. Special thanks to the Dan Ryan Band for our intro song, Guidance. And thanks to all of you for listening. We know that you've got a lot of choices about how you can spend your time, and we appreciate you spending it with us. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to it, share it, and give us a review. Show notes can be found at NoBarriersPodcast.com.